Hello, listeners of Broncos Country. My name is Adan Diaz. Welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. I am joined by my co-host to my right, at Richie, Richie, Richie. How are you today, my friend? Not bad. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, we both got our, our drinks handy, so, you know, we're ready. Yeah, you got That's boot. That's boot. <laughs> and I have my cup ready to talk because we have an action-packed show for you guys today. And we have a very special guest who we're going to bring on in a second. But before we uh, bring on our special guest, Rich, uh, in, in, in terms of some Broncos news that are just your, yeah, my other right. Thank you, Boggins. <laughs> um, uh, before we bring on our special guest, I just wanted to uh, talk about what it is this segment is. And this is uh, what me and you have talked about doing in the future for the show, which is we want to go out and try to bring in fans or YouTubers or podcasters or whatever if you're from different teams so we can get an idea of how they view the Denver Broncos and how we view their team, you know, because we always get opinions from Broncos fans, which is great. But sometimes we want to get opinions or views that are not from the so-called orange and blue colored glasses. Well, I completely agree. I was actually super, super excited when we were going to launch uh, launch these shows. We're, we're trying to get on not just you know, this pod where we discuss the Lions, which I, I mean, we were just talking behind backstage before we came live. How perfect was that that the Bronco that the Broncos schedule just all of a sudden got added a Lions game in Week 17? And for the record, this was not insider information <laughs> at all. Uh, but uh, I mean, it literally couldn't have worked out more perfect for for today's show. I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, my my face lit up, and you know, I, was, I almost wanted to text the boss like, "Hey, maybe this is a sign." You know, the NFL gods are, are smiling on us because uh, we've had some some setbacks uh, in terms of bringing this segment to the show, but it thankfully worked out for us. And without further ado, guys, we're, I'm about to introduce you to my brother, uh, Detroit Lions fan. Please say hello to my brother, Fernando. What's up, everybody? Good afternoon. Happy to be on the show. Uh, and I'm ready to totally dive into some football because it's been a long time for me and I got a lot to talk about and a lot of questions to answer. So bring them on. There you have it, folks. If you guys have any questions for us or for my brother, anything related about football, the Lions or the Broncos, please hit that hit us up on the comments. Let us know, and we'll try to get to everybody's comments and questions as best as we can with the time allotted. So, um, with so uh, so, Nando, tell me, how do you feel that? Do you think it's a coincidence that with the extra game that the football gods are, are, are blessed upon us? that out of all the 31 teams picked that it was the Broncos meeting again? Uh, I'm not not surprised. I feel like throughout the last 10 years I've been watching the Lions, I feel like they've played the Broncos, you know, I don't know. I feel like I see them play more uh, than not. Or, or you know, because sometimes you go a, a certain amount of time with just not playing the team, you know, depending on however the schedules come out. So, honestly, I thought we did play them this year because I haven't really taken a good look at the schedules that or the games that – already came out and then i was just kind of surprised to see it when i looked earlier i saw that that was like the one game on the side uh that wasn't with the rest so i'm just like well that it's perfect then you know no i i totally get that so my my question to you would be and this is something that i don't even remember if you and i have talked about this before is 
how do you feel now that your star quarterback is is not so much gone but like traded for in terms of losing Matthew Stafford do you have the same confidence in Jared Goff that you did you know being a Matt Stafford fan all these years uh I, I do not um I'm definitely heartbroken Stafford is why I'm a Lions fan uh the guy is as tough as nails and I honestly think that he'll finally be able to win those you know playoff games that have been just plaguing him um and Jared Goff for me is just you know he's the filler he's yeah, he got to the Super Bowl, but it's like, how much of that was really Jared Goff? What about that all pros stud at the time, running back Todd Gurley, that insane defense? I mean, and then the last two years, I mean, the guy, I mean, the, the numbers are just poor. I mean, just just really bad. And that's at the Rams still having probably a better defense uh, at the moment. And they have like a multitude of running backs. The old line isn't bad. So, and clearly there was just a huge disconnect with Sean McVay at the end there. There was bad blood. I heard a lot of rumors. I heard a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know. There was a couple things leaking out and I don't really know what's true or what's not true, but it, it got very ugly. So I feel like, you know, this will work for this year, but I, I mean, I'm definitely, I definitely think that they will move on very shortly to draft a replacement for him. Uh, I don't see it, you know, if if it was difficult to win for him over there, you come to Detroit, it's it's a it's a whole lot harder, you know. <laughs> Period. Um and, and now so I, I will always support Stafford where he goes. He will always be my all-time favorite quarterback. And I was really probably pulling for him to go to Denver because I feel like Denver offensively was was just probably I mean, their offense is just looking really good. Uh, but I guess the Rams aren't bad either. And so, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they went and made the run to the Super Bowl. You know? Right. Uh, Christy, the queen of MHH, stopping by, says, hope you all have a great evening. Christy, we love you and we miss you. Hope you're having a great evening as well. Mr. Boggins, our fellow uh, host on MHRT, he has a question for you, Nando. He says, Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, defend your team. Um, I, I, it's okay. So what? What's the question exactly? I believe he's asking Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson. Oh no, he said and and defend your team. Yeah, that's actually. I thought he was asking who's better between the two. Is that what he's asking? I believe so. If, uh, if Boggins, if you can clarify for us your your question, I thought it was a. a yeah, a I was horse. looking at that and I didn't know. <laughs> it's clearly a question. I'm just not sure what what he's uh right uh but you know going back to uh what you what you said about matt stafford uh, you know i was actually kind of surprised uh guys that uh that george payton was actually made a bid for matt stafford when you know before he went to the rams so uh you know obviously i'm still pulling for drew lock i i do hope he gets to start but you know, there's a lot of hype going into uh, these quarterbacks going up, whether Denver moves up and if they move up, who, whatever spot they land and whoever they get to get. So the fact that Drew Locke is going to start for this team in September is still up for grabs. It's not for sure. But one thing I can tell you is that his future in Denver is definitely going to come into question if he does not clear up the mistakes and errors he made last season if he does start for this team. I, I agree. Uh, he's definitely, uh, and you know, when he first came on the scene, I thought that this was it for Denver. I feel like, you know, it looked like they, they had 
what they wanted in the quarterback and he was going to be good to go. And then some of the stuff I saw last year was just, was just horrendous with the, with the, you know, like his foot posture, the throwing off the back, back foot, just like very kind of sloppy throwing. And it's just like, that stuff can be corrected, but it really altered the way that I see, you know, the way that I saw Denver last year and the way that I see them this year, because obviously it looks like they're still going to roll with him unless they make any sudden changes in the draft. But um, I think, honestly, I think I'm leaning more for him not being the answer than being the longtime answer, you know, that, that Denver's looking for there. Because they have everything else. That whole offense is just set where you put somebody, you put a, 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 a if you put a veteran quarterback in there, I mean, that's just downright dangerous with all the weapons that they have. Right. So I believe the Lions are seventh, uh, overall pick seventh pick right now seventh yeah. pick and from some of the mock drafts that i've seen a lot of them uh i don't know what happened my camera was unplugged i think boggins was saying that it was uh it was mainly a joke but um but i i, I agree they the lions notoriously ruin hall of fame players and i I don't blame Calvin for leaving when he did. I mean, the guy's knees, the guy's, the guy's knee, I mean, his knees and ankles are just all torn up. That's what happens when you don't bring in a running game. When you're the only guy to stop and you're being double and triple teamed and, and being hit and just being torn apart every game, that's what happens. You know, you ruin somebody right. like that. And he was still dominant. Double teams, triple teams, he, would, he, he couldn't be stopped, but you also destroy him in the process, you know? Yeah. Well, the, uh, when you have a guy that's named effectively a, a adjunct to a, a transformer, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, you know, there's there's very few nicknames that are at the same caliber uh, when you're trying to basically find a, a transformer's name uh, for a wide receiver. So I, I think you're doing pretty well when you're you're being named after basically a, a massive, massive alien piece of metal that can basically do anything. So I, I mean, think that, I think that says all you need to know. Yeah, I right. Mean, he, he's like physically the guy. I mean, he's just a freak of nature at his position for how big he is and how fast he can run. And he can it's like this. He can go through you around you. I mean, he was just something like if you were just to build an ideal receiver. I mean, that's that's probably what you would build, you know. Right. Uh, I, I had a camera glitch. I don't know what happened, so I do apologize. But uh, my, my comment to you, Nando, was that some of the mock drafts that I've seen have the Lions picking a wide receiver at that pick. So basically, they're trying to give Jared Goff, uh, you know, more weapons. You know, that's something that he had when he was with Los Angeles that made Goff a, a, a decent to solid quarterback. So right. are you in agreement that if are you OK if the Lions took the, one of the best wide receivers in that draft? Uh, you know, it's. I think it's it's very difficult to pass on somebody like, you know, I've heard the names up there. I think like Waddle, I think apparently the best scouted one or the best one coming is, is uh, what's his name, Smith? Or, or I don't know what it oh, is. Oh, Devontae Smith? Devontae Smith, right. Uh, I don't watch a lot of college football. Uh, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. I heard your name though before. So um, they, they do need it. I mean, Galladay is gone. Marvin Jones is gone. They basically depleted the whole wide receiver core they bring in tyrell williams uh I, I can't remember the other guy that they bring in but these are all second and third tier uh you know wide receivers there there is no number one 
and you're going from Stafford to golf. So you need to give golf like somebody that's like ready to go at that number one position. And I honestly, if they if they don't get somebody to get that number one wide receiver position, they're they're gonna struggle a lot through the air. The running game is also not it's not very potent. There's not a lot of uh, you know not a lot of spark there. I do like Swift, but I also feel like he had some some fumbles last year that may be concerning. Um, but they're really lacking in the in the linebacker position. I think they had the worst linebacking core last year. Their linebackers are just terrible. The whole defense was just awful, horrific. Um, All right. So on on that note, I actually have a question for you. So. Yeah there's some similarities there with the exception of i think denver's wide receiver core is quite i'll say magnitudes better than than right now i think that's a pretty fair comment yeah however um your comment about the defense and the linebacking in particular is a very common one amongst broncos fans certainly ones that are perhaps slightly more objective than others um so i guess a question for you was would be this is setting aside the wide receiver would you be terribly disappointed if dan campbell's solution for the lions and the and the new gm solution for the lions would be trade back to the lower middle part of the first round to obtain a few extra picks and maybe go after either a linebacker who is a top tier talent or someone who would work for them and then double up with the kind of that maybe two twos as a result of the trade back, something like that to really boost the team. Would that, would that be something that you as a Lions fan would be okay with? Uh, oh yeah. I mean, I, I would welcome that because I, I think in the last 10 years I've been watching them, I don't, I don't remember if they've actually traded back um, to, to grab multiple picks and considering how many holes that defense has, um, that would not be, it, it, I mean, it would be a, I would be totally fine with that because, you know, to be fair, the Lions aren't going to win anytime soon. They're doing a whole rebuild. You know, it's almost definitely that we're going to have a losing season next. It's going to take at least two or three years before any kind of final product is is being put together. Um, So if they can revamp that entire defense by trading back and grabbing a team that's more desperate to try and hop into the top 10, which there is multiple, you know, I think we've seen that in the last couple of days. Um, I would be fine with that. And it's like people that are pointing out in the comments, you got Waddle and Jamar Chase, and you may still be able to grab one of those guys, depending on where you trade back, and then still be able to cover a huge hole at the linebacker position, which I right. think is probably their biggest need. Um, and Micah Parsons just looks like a, like a complete beast, you know? Uh, so I would be... I wouldn't be upset if we stayed where we are and grabbed him, but I also would welcome the trading back to try and fill more holes. Uh, for the longer run of, of what they need. To some of uh, his off the field issues that have come out pretty, you know, undeniably, do those disturb you or scare you at all? For Micah Parsons? Yes. Honestly, I have not heard. Uh, I didn't read up on if there was uh, that there was anything behind that yet. I might have missed it. Yeah, uh-huh. just I mean, given what they are, I mean, even if some of them are true, uh, uh-huh. they're they're less than flattering and that's being kind. So, so basically I, I'm not a big fan of that. I I personally think that if, you know, if they're walking in with already issues that are known at that, um, you know, there's not a lot of coaches that, that are going to tolerate it. Uh, and Dan Campbell, some of the stuff he's been saying lately, 
about no losers on the team and he's got a whole fighting mentality and he wants to you know break your kneecaps and chew them or whatever and um you know that may be a breaking point for him that may just not be a selling point for him anymore and, and honestly i've seen the on you know the non-discipline within the lions organization of players i mean it's also been really bad um and if we can avoid a head case like that, I guess no matter how good he is, if, if you know, if that's what they see fit, then I'll be okay with that. Cause I, you know, I, I just, I don't want a guy with a whole rap sheet coming in, even if they were, you know, this or that or, or whatever, it's just, you know, sometimes it'll be a complete failure, you know? And, and it's, it's like a wait, it's a first round pick, you know, it's a huge deal. Um, and you definitely don't want to lose in that at all. So I, I, I guess um, hopefully I, if it gets, gets cleared up within that time and maybe they feel different about it. But I guess if they go a different route, I wouldn't be surprised at either, considering the mentality that this coaching staff is bringing to the, to the organization. Right. I hear you. Uh, let's get to some of these comments here. Uh, Slim Slow, thanks for tuning in, my friend. He says, unfortunately, I hate to say it, Locke is looking like a backup quarterback in the NFL. Hopefully he turns it around and becomes starting material. And then the rebuttal for that comes from Shadow Jacker. Thanks for coming on and joining and watching, my friend. He says, Locke Thank will you. have a huge step forward with his reads and progression this upcoming season. Trust Locke's stock will rise. Hold, don't sell Broncos country. So with that being said, uh, fellas, I, I mean, you have two different opinions. You know, one one person feels that Drew Locke is not going to reach that, uh, that, that, that height where you know John Elway probably had envisioned when he selected him two years ago whereas you still have some Broncos fans that believe that you know you just got to give him time that this is going to be his year that he can clean it up uh unfortunately there his play last year was a, a real disappointment I'm not gonna lie he did have some flashes here and there but unfortunately it wasn't enough to where it left a lot to be desired you know whereas towards the end of the 2019 season we saw some promise we saw some you know we saw hope and i i really do hope that that version of drew lock comes and plays and balls out for the this broncos team and we don't have to sit and watch you know the turnovers or uh lock making these plays where he puts himself in danger of getting injured and you know he has to sit out and then we have to go back towards you know playing russian roulette with our backup quarterbacks <clears throat> so i mean i'll i'll take this this is why i i really love having fans come into the show and why we are the way we are fans themselves are going to be very very varied in how they see the team uh some will be more pessimistic some will be more optimistic right. uh and some will be completely blinded to any form of truth that's put in front of them on the screen and others are going to see a whole bunch of nonsense that's not even there and, and and everything in between so it's it's absolutely fantastic so i appreciate all of these comments coming and i appreciate everyone coming and tuning into the show um i think it is a fair stance at this point with Locke and his now coming into his third season to come in with at least a modest degree of concern. Uh, at, 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 and, I, and I say this being as objective and, and kind of even keeled as possible is he knew he was going to be the guy in 2020. There was no competition. There was nobody else to challenge him. 
and John Elway in the draft went out and basically picked, I think I did the math on this, one of our last shows, uh, six foot 10. I think it was like 60% offense in the 2020 draft. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you you don't for the Broncos. You just don't have an excuse at that point because one of the big things that so many people keep on touting, and and this is kind of Stafford was always with the Lions, kind of the old guy in the room at this point, really at the end of the day. And all the other guys come in and were kind of younger, you know, up and coming guys from the draft and whatnot. But Drew, at this stage in his career has got a whole slew of young guys that are plus or minus a year or two from him in age and they're all a year or two out of college so you're there to grow together as an offense and then to have the team pick the ones that are working the best with each other and you hope that the quarterback is actually one of them so i just i think there's a a very very legitimate concern from a good portion of broncos fans to at least be concerned Right. What do you think about Drew Lock, Nando? Uh, I I feel like I really honestly thought the potential was there for him, um, and then you know he was touted he was touted as like a big a big arm kid, and I I feel like yeah he's he, he's got a big arm, um, you know, and it's like I just I with all the especially with all the misses that that um, that uh, what what's um, John Elway has had with the quarterbacks it, it's just you know this may be like the final one on the top in there and I I just um I don't know I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos did something you know crazy there and made a trade up to move to move up and and uh and do something I wouldn't be surprised you know if they did something like that because I also feel like people within that organization know that you know, this is like the make or break year for him. You know, this is like that probably Mitchell Trubisky year for him, uh, where it's like, you know, you got to do something here. Uh, any kind of progression, I guess, is good. Uh, but, you know, from what I saw last year, again, I, I just, it, it's just more doubtful for me. I just, I don't know that I have all the confidence in him anymore to, you know, to be able to take the Broncos to compete because the Broncos have the team to compete. You know, I feel like they're just that quarterback away to, to put them you know to bring everything together and and it's like and that that changes them from you know where i feel like they're going to end up in that division to where they could be you know right well see that's the that's the problem that a lot of uh people and maybe just broncos fans in general think that just because you played a certain position that you have like a knack for you know looking at a player and say that's the next Tom Brady or that's the next Peyton Manning, you know? And that's what a lot of people thought when John Elway came. And and this is my personal opinion. I'm not saying this is fact. That's what a lot of people thought when Peyton Peyton Manning, when John Elway came into fruition in 2011. And he would be able to say, Paxton Lynch is the next, you know, hot star quarterback. Trevor Simeon is the next quarterback. Uh, Brock Osweiler is the next, you know, top quarterback. But unfortunately, that's that's not true. It, it's it's just a myth. It's not wrong. You know, John Elway was great in, in picking Von Miller. He was great in picking up, uh, you know, Noah Fant and Jerry Judy and all these other guys. He was really good for that. He was great in bringing in Peyton Manning. But when it comes to trying to, you know, pick the next star-studded I mean, who knew that Patrick Mahomes, that Andy Reid was going to pick Patrick Mahomes out of that uh, draft? <laughs> You know, it nobody knew. Thing, and yeah, and and I remember I sent a message to my friend. There was an article that was published that very same year that said that Patrick Mahomes couldn't even read 
the Chiefs playbooks. I was like, oh, this kid's never going to make it. He can't even read an NFL playbook. You know, and lo and behold, Patrick Mahomes is doing flips and cartwheels and stuff, throwing balls each and every freaking direction and way. So uh, unfortunately, and see, that's the thing with these pro days is that, you know, quarterbacks have a chance to shine and to try to make impressions on these coaches and scouts and what have you. And to be honest with you, it's really a lot like just it's, 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 it's sheer luck. I mean, you could get any one of these big name quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, uh, uh, Justin Fields, any one of those. And, you know, maybe one out of those four is going to be really good. One out of those four is going to be, you know, so-so in development, could be better. And then one of those is, is going to be like, you know, the next Johnny Manziel or the next, uh, just the next bust. Oh yeah, they, they definitely won't all hit, you know, they, I mean, it's just one of them will hit and that's usually probably what you get, right? You get one, maybe two of them that'll hit. Uh, and if you go back to that 2017 draft class, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, boom, two of them hit, you know? And um, so, you know, there's talks now ramping up about the BYU quarterback, uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, then you got Justin Fields there and uh you know what san francisco did the other day i mean they basically gave up their whole future to move up to number three you know and i feel like i think we all kind of know who they're going to come away with you know and, and that jimmy g's gone out of that situation but um you know yeah uh seeing this comment right now pop up uh, <laughs> trey lance is another one that's kind of back there too and that might be somewhere where the den where the broncos can possibly you know could fall to them. I mean, Matt Ryan's getting old in Atlanta, too. I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons pulled the trigger on that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really sure of everybody's needs, but um, you know, I feel like the closer we get to the draft, there, you know, there's going to be more people fighting to try and get into the top top five. And um, yeah, so it's 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 getting interesting for sure. Right, uh, Jason O'Neill. Thanks for watching and tuning in. He says, "What is the temp?" of Lions fans with the departure of Stafford and the arrival of Goff? Um, I feel like, um, you know, it, it's, it's for the most part, I, I mean, most Lions fans are, you know, it kind of sucks to see him have to go, but at the same time, I'm happy that he left. You know, this organization was just going to get ready to finish, you know, ruining somebody else. And the fact that that's not going to happen with him anymore, even if I won't be able to see him retire a lion, uh, you know, I'll be happy with the fact that I saw him win. And I think most Lions fans feel that way from what I've been reading in comments and stuff like that through all the Lions pages that I'm in. Uh, most people are happy that he's in a situation now where he's going to get to win uh, while the Lions are doing a massive, you know, recall and, and everything really. I mean, even from, putting the ownership down to Sheila Ford, um, which I like, by the way, because, you know, uh, she's an upgrade from even where her mother was compared to where William Clay Ford was, which was just, you know, put butts in the seats and it doesn't matter how poor the team was doing. You had Barry Sanders back there selling tickets and, and um, you know, he obvious, obviously there, there's, you know, within a lot of Lions fans in the community it's you know sell the team you guys don't care and I think in what I've seen of Sheila Ford within the time that she's taking over she's finally showing that they care now you know I know they didn't care in the past but 
it's showing like they care now. So they're making a lot of changes. And I hope that this is a, a redirection with the organization. Um, if, I can, if I can build on that though. So I can kind of play the flip side of that same comment. So I, I actually happen to seem to be maybe one of the few people that I, although you and I were talking backstage a little bit is I actually love the head, the head coach hire. I absolutely love the, the new head coach that the Lions selected. I think that even amongst uh, Broncos fans, both uh, MHRT, Mile High Huddle, and even on our pod as well, we have made several comments about when certain things aren't going well, you need a catalyst on a team to help, you know, raise the temperature and kind of get the blood flowing again to keep the team going forward. Right. And... I always felt like, for example, when when Dan Campbell stepped in for the Miami Dolphins, he had a team that was basically doomed um, and and had them win like 90-something percent of their final games. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said for a a coach that can galvanize a team and raise those boats, right? Right. So, um, I guess for me, when I look at Dan Campbell, seeing that you at least visually believe he's probably going to be different than everybody that has kind of preceded him. Right. Is that not also somewhat disappointing that Stafford isn't there to finally have, you know, the change of culture that I think the Lions fans and frankly, even as just someone who loves the game of football and loves to watch the game of football, I would like to see the Lions become competitive again. Just not in week 17 of this year, but every <laughs> afternoon, it would be nice to see them be competitive. That's when they like to, apparently. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, um, I think uh, it, it really, it, you know, you, you make a good point there because I was honestly really, I didn't expect Stafford to be traded this year. I know talks were ramping up and I know that he met with Dan Campbell. I think he just met with Dan Campbell. I don't know if he met with anybody else in the staff. And basically what's my understanding was that Stafford told them if this is a a massive rebuild, um, you know, I want to leave. And if it's not, and we're just going to move a couple pieces here and there, but we can still keep the core of what we have, he would stay. And, you know, clearly that wasn't the case. Clearly Dan Campbell told him, you know what, we, the whole thing is going in the trash. We'd love you to stay. I'm pretty sure they would have loved them to stay, but you know, Stafford's 32, he's going to be 33. I, I think, I don't know if he's 33 already, but his time is also, come, you know, um, he doesn't have all the time in the world for a whole nother rebuild, you know, and, and not to say that the Lions aren't very successful at having winning teams or winning seasons. Um, so I also feel like that encouraged his reasoning to leave and it, it, it did suck. I honestly, I felt like with this new coaching staff, I felt like it would have been the most successful time of his tenure there. Um, Because I truly believe that the coaching staff will finally produce on all levels of the field. It won't just be the offense for a few years. And I feel like, you know, the team will eventually get to where they need to get, uh, but it'll still take time, you know? Uh, So I feel like I was pretty disappointed that, that he, he made the decision to leave after having that conversation, but uh, then I put myself in his shoes and I, I can't blame him because I, I probably feel like I would have loved to have a chance at winning something, you know, because there was just no guarantee at that point that he would have won something. Not a full guarantee, but, but you know, maybe he's just like, the Rams want me. The Rams have, you know, a pretty, pretty complete team. All they need is a quarterback and I can go there and, and probably win 
in the next season. Um, so, sure. so I, it's, you know, at, I'm pretty sure it was difficult for him. I mean, he has a lot of ties in Detroit, does a lot of, you know, community service work there and all that. And um, so, yeah. And, and then I guess on, on bringing golf over, it's, you know, um, I, I don't think he's the greatest. He's definitely not as good as Stafford. I feel like he's not as good as Stafford. He doesn't have an arm like Stafford. Um, and and I, I hear his red zone capabilities aren't that. Apparently, he just doesn't score much in the red zone from, from what I've been reading. Um, now, I have seen golf throw a beautiful deep ball, you know, a long ball. Um, I have seen that. But, um, you know, if you ask me to choose who I would, you know, prefer to have on my team, it, it wouldn't be golf, you know. Um, but I'll take whatever he gives us. Uh, I honestly don't think the Lions will win more than a couple games, you know. Um, and and I feel like, uh, I don't know, I could be wrong. Maybe golf has a whole turning around and, 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 you know, he works on his footing and he gets better in the red zone. And, you know, I guess you can kind of compare that to the Ryan Tannehill situation. Whole thing in Miami, you know, Ryan Tannehill was probably, you know, people were just starting to call him a bust and it just wasn't going to work there. Then he goes to Tennessee, which is just a more of a, I guess it was a, I want to say it was a whole complete team, but they, you know, Derrick Henry was starting to rise and I, and he's just working a lot better in that system. You know, Ryan Tannehill looks like a guy that can get them to the Super Bowl. The, the team is pretty good and he had a whole turnaround as to his, you know, how he plays uh, very much different from Miami. He even surprised me. Um, right. And so this could be one of those situations, possibly. Um, and I did hear some people just kind of say, well, you know, he won playoff games and he got to the Super Bowl, so it's not all bad. But it's like they're ignoring everything else around the water, you know? Right. Um, now, not to cut you off, but I uh, just want to get to this question by Kenneth Booker, uh, loyal fan of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, Kenneth. I love your articles. He says, uh, what are your thoughts on Parsons? I think he's a Reuben Foster 2.0. Foster was a more complete linebacker. Parsons is more athletic, but has some serious character issues. <clears throat> now, this is a very interesting question, guys, because if, as you saw, uh, Michael Parsons set a really, really good uh, record on that speed run. It was four point, I, I forget. Yeah. Yeah. So four, I think. Four, four, something like that around that area. So he actually set the bar for maybe other linebackers in this draft to say you know if you pass up on me you know you're gonna regret it but at the same time i agree with kenneth his character issues uh off the field are a very big concern for me so i'm still trying to figure out is he worth the risk can the broncos if he falls to number nine can the broncos say this is our guy this is our answer to stop the the tight end that's been killing the broncos for the last six years in in kansas city just like uh they they stopped him in the super bowl can he do what they did there can he be the guy that linebacker that denver needs but not just that can he stay clean and you know not get any any trouble and just be a positive force on this defense and be the one of the uh fix one of the weaknesses on this team so if i can jump in a couple things super fast and i'll, I'll throw it over to nando so one, Parsons was not, was never known in college for being a coverage linebacker. So he has all the speed in the world. And basically what that just meant he could, is he could run fast and tackle people, right? He was never known in college as being that coverage guy, that guy that, that was able to 
you know, match the, the route running abilities of the tight ends of the wide receivers, the slot guys in particular, um, and match that and, and make those plays. That was not his thing. That was not his, that was not his jam. In fact, up until he basically set like a track record at his pro day, um, the, the big knock on him was to was sitting out the 2020 season, declaring for the 2021 draft without showing that he was able to cover wide receivers and tight ends in the 2020 season because that was really his opportunity. His opportunity as a player was to show out and, and just say, here's my resume, come get me. And he just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. He, he opted out and never showed those additional skills. So with Parsons, you look at him and it's basically heaping and oozing with potential. But he has yet to show it. So then you're banking on the the old adage in the NFL that you hear from all these coaches is, oh, I can coach him up. <laughs> and yeah. and and it's like, yeah, yeah, that works out like 30% of the time. Um, so, right, right. <laughs> so, so, I mean, let's, let's just be real. Um, but, uh, you know, my, and then my thing with him is, uh, I know uh, you're six foot ten. You're, you're a huge. Uh, I know you listen to Shannon and, and Skip on Undisputed every I day. To, I happen to listen and watch them too. I don't always know why, but I I do. Um, and um, one of the things that I've heard Shannon say a fair amount on there, which I I really really do like as a as a general rule, is when you get to the NFL and you get money, all it does is amplify your already existing traits. Mm-hmm. So if this guy here is showing that he is not a he's not a good dude, and you draft him in the early stages, as an example, Nando, if the, if the Lions were to potentially draft him at seven, that's going to put his salary into like the twenty million range over the course oh, of the yeah. contract. Do you really think that a, a character guy that's basically shown that he's going to basically? For all intents and purposes, some of the stuff there was bordering on sexual abuse of his teammates. I mean, that's the character level. Like, that's the bar that he has set for himself as being, you know, the type of guy he is. And it's publicly known now. What do you think $20 million in an NFL uh, career plus fame is going to do to someone like that? Uh, agreed. I mean, it's it's just, you know, that all that could do is just add fuel to, already, to an already burning fire, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure you can pull many examples of this in the past with, you know, um, I think even what the, the tackle that the, that the Titans drafted, I think last year or something like that, this guy has been a complete waste of a first round pick. Um, that's your perfect example right there. And I, um, you know, it, it's a gamble. It's like, the need of the Lions linebacker position is so horrible right now. Is it going to be worth taking the guy who's projected to be the left best linebacker in the draft? Maybe not. You know, you you know you you'll you the the an effective linebacker is one who's playing, you know, and one who's not <laughs> suspended or whatever the case because of, of things he's got going on. Um, it's a very tough decision. I, I honestly, I, I'm happy I'm not Dan Campbell because I, I guess with the rap sheet that I'm starting to learn about this guy right now, that's going to be a very difficult decision for him. They didn't go out of free agency and, and bring in any linebacker help. Um, it's basically like we got a void here. 
it looks like they're going to go to the draft to try and address this issue. Um, and it's like somebody was saying in the comments where it's like the, the draft is it's deep in wide receivers and linebackers. So, it is. you know, mm -hmm. if you just get two good linebackers instead of a guy that might be a great linebacker, then I'll take that because the Lions need more than just one good linebacker. I mean, you know, because it's there's issues at the linebacker position and our defensive line. There's also issues there. I'll say that our corners and safeties are okay. You know, they're, I wouldn't say they're great, but they're somewhere between okay and good. I feel like if the upfront seven was good, you know, if they were ferocious and they had that, that energy to go, then, you know, it would mesh well with what we already have in the secondary. The secondary is the least of my concerns there uh, with the Lions. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna be difficult, and obviously within the I think there's like a month we're a month away from the draft, and you're probably we're probably gonna end up seeing more stuff rise from Micah Parsons in general, more stuff that's gonna start getting leaked, and that'll probably just show you right there where the Lions are gonna lean towards that because on most people's mock drafts right now they have the Lions taking Micah Parsons at seven, um, you know so. <clears throat> It'll be interesting what happens. And I just, um, I can't say that it, it, it's going to, I just know that if we draft them, it's going to be a huge gamble, you know? Right. So I, I see uh, Boggins has, has made a comment here. Uh, Boggins and I very much agree, by the way, in the draft. And this actually bodes well, both for the Broncos and the Lions, in my opinion. And I've now found out through you that the Broncos and the Lions are in very similar linebacking positions when it comes to the interior linebacking core. Um, so I actually think that trading back and in that middle, that second, like the entirety of the second, I yeah. think, and, and even potentially into the third, uh, you can find some, some pretty solid interior linebackers in this draft. And they were they in other drafts if the draft wasn't so clustered and clumped in those positions there i think they would probably end up having some of those guys creeping maybe higher than they otherwise would right you want to say just one quick thing on that though it's unfortunate because in my opinion the broncos need some interior defensive line help as well that's where boggins and i disagree um however uh this is not a great draft for the interior defensive line unfortunately um with regards to boggins comment there and i think this is just good just because i don't i don't want us to forget this um huge announcement made today with the 17 game season and quite literally you know an hour or so maybe or before we went live on the the pod here the lions were announced as our 17th game i have a, a question that directly ties in and is a bit of an offshoot of Boggins question here in the 17th game do you believe that the Lions will be in a position where if they win that that gets them to the playoffs and therefore it's going to be an all-out um all out all out kind of just run around oh I I honestly no I I feel like I feel like Denver would have a much better chance, and I feel like right now they have a much better chance of being able to compete for a postseason uh, uh, playoff spot. And I feel like at that point, the Lions, you know, I honestly only see the Lions winning maybe four, maybe four to five games this year. Nothing past five. I honestly, I just don't see it with the, with so many holes that we have and all the the restructuring of that entire defense that needs to be done. 
Um, I don't see the Lions making a, any kind of playoff run this year. Um, and I see Denver winning that that last game that can potentially, uh, you know, throw them in a position to get a playoff spot, you know. Um, I feel like Denver, they're going to fight hard with the Chargers there. Well, they're, they're in the same division, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Um, I feel like they're going to fight with the Chargers for that second spot. Um, and honestly, depending on how Drew Locke comes out this year, you know, if he comes out playing a little bit better and he, you know, and he's a little bit more accurate, and I feel like they can take the second spot from the Chargers. But if we're seeing the same lock from last year, I, I probably feel like the Chargers will end up in second. Um, and I don't know that either one of those teams can topple the Chiefs at this moment still, you know, but anything can happen. I just, um, I know the Chiefs lost both of their starting tackles, but I think they also went out and addressed those issues pretty quickly, you know. Yeah, that's true. But unfortunately, just because you get a new person in there, I mean, I'm not taking any credit away from Joe Tooney, but, you know, Joe Tooney can only block one person. That whole offensive line, I mean, they are getting Tardif back and they are trying to find some help, but it's also going to take time for those guys to, you know, get to play together because none of those guys have played a season together. So it takes an offensive line time to kind of gel together and we're going through that same thing when Jawan James comes back because you know he opted out last year as a right yeah. tackle he didn't play so he needs to come in and match the intensity that the line already has in terms of you know left tackle both left and right guards and and the center who is coming off of his rookie year and he also needs to show improvement so uh with that being said uh to answer Boggan's question uh Nando who do you think will win that matchup Denver or Detroit? I think Denver will win it. I think Denver will win it. Um, I honestly feel like, and I've seen it in the past, a lot of the times when the Lions are just out of contention of winning, for some reason, you know, they bring out like the trick plays. It's like they play like a playoff football team. You would think that they would have played like that the entire season, but they come out like the last game and they just like, they play a great game and they've done this in the past against like Green Bay and stuff. Um, And I'm not sure why that happens, but the Lions have a tendency to do that in their last game. Uh, But again, there's no Stafford anymore. And I I feel like, you know, um, I feel like this time around, it's not gonna happen. So I feel like Denver will, will win the last game um, you know, and, and, and just in general, I feel like the, the momentum that Denver's going to be bringing, you know, they're just in a much better position to win, to get into a playoff spot than the Lions are at this moment. Because uh, the Lions are down there with the Jets and the Jaguars as far as a whole, you know, coming and bringing everything together again. Um, yeah, maybe the, maybe the Lions at this moment have a better quarterback than the Jaguars and the Jets or something like that. But the rest of the team is the same you know the lion the the wide receiving corp is gone the defense is now the same i think the lions that for the most part they ran with the worst defense in in the nfl i think last season before i think the jets or the jaguars were also in the mix so the rest of the team is the same it's just that that they have a a a a placeholder a quarterback a jared goff in there who you just don't know what you're going to get out of him you know Mm -hmm. Uh, that's going to bring us back to the question I had highlighted before. Excuse me. He says, uh, from Shadow Jacker, he asked, Nando, how will you celebrate if the Lions make it to the postseason? Um, I, I would I would be obviously extremely shocked. Um, and if that happens, 
I think Dan Campbell is probably the best coach I've ever seen play. If he can take that team right now <laughs> and put them in the playoffs, uh, that just goes to show you that they made the right decision in bringing this coaching staff in. If they make the postseason, going and buying my six, you know, my case of beer and all ready to go for that because that'd be like a dream come true. I wouldn't even care if that just meant we had a less drafting position or whatever. Um, but considering that we haven't been in the playoffs since 2016, you know, I, I right now, I honestly don't see us going back to the playoffs for at least another two years or something. But if it happens next year, then that's awesome. Because I know that the, the NFL added like an extra playoff spot or something like that. Yeah, last year. Three wild card teams get in. So that honestly, at some point last season, did still have the Lions contending to get into a that spot simply because it was available. I don't know if that's going to be the same this time around, mm -hmm. but you know, if it is, I mean, you know, the bears right now, they, they got a, they got a great defense, but now no quarterback. Uh, the Vikings are kind of up and down. Uh, and I feel like right now the lions and the bears will be fighting for who ends up in fourth at most case, I, best case scenario. I see the lions at third, and then, uh, you know, I still see Green Bay on, at first, unfortunately. Cheers, Shadow Jagger. Um, and I, 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 see, I see Green Bay first, Vikings second. Because um, I'm a Lions fan, the Lions third and the Bears fourth. That's where I'll, that's where I'll leave it. Um, that's kind of where I see the positionings being in the NFC North right now. Right. Albert Knoppers, loyal fan of the show. Thank you so much, my friend. He asked, what would be your ultimate dream draft free agency for your team? Dream draft free agency. Um, I mean, I honestly, like, just trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, I, I would have been content with just with, with keeping Galladay on the offensive side of things. Um I wasn't really too happy with Marvin Jones anymore, so I would, I wouldn't have mind. So we got Tyrell Williams, and I actually been a, you know, I've been a fan of his because I feel like he works well in a number two slot kind of thing, a number three. He's a good deep threat, and I feel like he would have been a good replacement had we still had a number one wide receiver, but we don't. So now that doesn't look like the greatest acquisition. Um, you know, uh, I. I would have probably liked more another like power back running back because we you know swift is an agile uh he's not a power back and i feel like right now we kind of we don't have it i think we signed um uh, a running back from green bay i think he was a backup running back and that's supposed yeah. to be the power back for them which i'm okay with you know i'm pretty sure there was there was something better there but uh, I would have took like a, a calais campbell from the ravens just somebody to be destructive on that on that defensive tackle position that we're just, you know, we're also lacking pretty bad. Um, hell, at this point, I think I would have probably even taken, I know Von Miller was in talks to probably not come back with the Broncos. And I would have taken Von Miller, I think at that point, if he would have been available, because that would have been in a, probably one of the best upgrades you can get from where the Lions are in their linebacker position at the moment. So right. I definitely took Von Miller if he was available for that linebacking position. Um, cornerback, I know Stefan Gilmore. I think there's some trouble there in New England. I would have took Stefan Gilmore at the cornerback easily right away. Um, uh, and I feel like with with what what the Lions have at cornerback right now with Okuda, because Okuda is supposed to be the, the number one guy. They took him in the first round last year with the number three. 
he had a pretty terrible season. You know, that could, you know, whether you, you can say it's COVID, the practicing, this and that. I feel like there was other rookie cornerbacks that did better than him, but then he got injured. So he didn't play. I think the like, I don't know, the last five or six games, he just didn't play. But what I saw out there was just not a first. I mean, he was just getting burned by guys that were not number one wide. He just looked totally lost. And that's that's terrifying to see in your number one pick. You know, you don't want to see that. Um, Can I ask you something on that? Yeah. Do you think now we've had quite a number of discussions within Broncos country over the years with regards to coaching. And one of the I happen to be a huge Fangio fan. I, I was I was over the moon when he became our coach. Yeah. I mean, he is, he is. I, I think even now, some Broncos fans aren't quite giving him as much credit as he deserves for what he's able to do. Mm-hmm. So when I look at what when I, I'm just I'm listening to your comment, right? So I'm saying, hey, that's really interesting that you make a comment about that first round corner. And by the way, I wanted the Broncos to take him because yeah. <laughs> I really liked him as a player. I thought he was very good. Uh, I wonder if a different coaching staff was present in with, or with the Lions organization, do you think that his level of play would have been different? And I'm saying this from a Broncos fan's perspective because I watched my coaching staff compared to the Lions coaching staff take an undrafted free agent at the cornerback position, put him in as slot cornerback and start for almost the entirety of the season until he basically tore his MCL and ACL. Right. And that was a saying Bassey, who I actually have to be a big fan of as well, just as a player. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm asking that kind of from a Broncos fans perspective, you know, also it's a little bit of like, we have Fangio um, <laughs> and no one else does, uh, you know, but that's a, I have a, it's a genuine question to a Lions fan. Do you not think coaching played a role? I think coaching definitely played a role. And I feel like it, it played the role of, you know, this brings me to my whole Matt Patricia thing. And I, and I, I, I'll be brief on, on that. Um, Matt Patricia's scheme was basically, he brought this man to man thing from New England, you know, um, so you, you drop the cornerback like that and you put all the pressure on him to be able to play a scheme that Matt Patricia plays on defense, which is a man-to-man. You know, that's what he played most of the time was man-to-man. And unfortunately, you can't play a man-to-man if your defense in front does not get pressure on the quarterback. It doesn't matter if you have three Stephon Gilmores out there. Somebody will eventually get open if the quarterback has seven seconds right. to throw the ball. Um I feel like it was a lot of pressure because of the scheme that Matt Patricia was trying to run and his cornerbacks, obviously they all failed because the linebackers could not get pressure. The defensive line could not get pressure. And at at that point, the morale that I think, you know, uh, just kind of everybody's morale was just probably decimated at some point. Right. It's like, you don't want to blame the other guys, but in order for that scheme to work, you can't you can't run that kind of scheme unless you have a, a, a destructive front, you know, to be able to run man to man. Like, and even then, it's difficult. You know, um, I feel like if he would have gone to a different team with a different kind of scheme, he could have been a more productive player in his first year. So right. maybe it was just because of the scheme itself and the pressure that was being put on him as to why he just, you know, there was just so many mistakes. You know, he had a, a good play here and there, but 
the fact that he just kind of looked lost and didn't really kind of understand maybe it just looked like he didn't understand a lot of what was going on um and the nerves and i feel like he could have been a little bit more productive in a different system with right. a different scheme right uh no i understand uh but you know we're running short on time so uh we'll try to get uh, my point out quick and then we have one more question to get to to close the show uh I I was really hoping that Levante David would be too expensive for the Bucks to to afford, but unfortunately they found a way to to rope him in. And my only other concern uh, going into this free agency was was safety because I wasn't sure that Kareem Jackson was going to make the was going to make the team, especially after uh, Payton went out and picked up Von Miller's option. We all thought that Kareem Jackson was going to be the sacrificial lamb for that, but uh, for uh, fortunately they were able to keep him for for a one year deal. And if I had to choose, I would probably have chosen another safety. Uh, I, I don't know what position Sam Johnson plays, but I heard his name was a pretty good safety or any other one of the big name safeties that uh, hit the free agency uh, market this past season. But I, I still think that the Broncos pickups in bringing in Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby, the only thing that concerns me is just his injury history. But that front line in Washington last year made him look really good. Amazing. Uh, you know, and when you have a, de- a, a destructive front D line like that, they can make almost any cornerback or safety duo just look incredible because it makes their job of covering, you know, that much easier. So I do hope that that Ronald Darby comes into Denver and, you know, plays like that as well as, uh, you know, find, uh, finding a rhythm to work with either Bryce Callahan or, or Kyle Fuller who are also great additions to this team. And, you know, re-signing Justin Simmons was also uh, a big plus. Uh, Chris Hernandez uh, jumping in and saying, uh, looking good, fellas. Thanks for coming on to the show. And the question I wanted to end this show with to you guys is from Kenneth Booker he made earlier. He asked, since Rich is enjoying a nice cold beer, what are your guys' favorite beers? Oh, um, can't go wrong with a Modelo. A nice cold one, frosty. You know, oh, it's my it's my favorite one. Yeah, I I personally I love Corona. It's just what I usually always drink. But unfortunately, I don't have any at home right now. So I'm the only Canadian I think that is like within earshot of this podcast right now. I, I I'd love to hear if there's any more Canadians here because that'd be awesome. So this is a, a Canadian beer. This is actually what's in the boot. Uh, my boot fits two small cans. Uh, for those who are asking. Um, and and this is this is the beer. It's from a local brewery here in Ontario called Wellington, and it's a brown ale. Uh, that's uh, I, I'm into uh, amber ales, brown ales, uh, lagers, and uh, I'm Irish. So uh, Guinness and I, it, it was a genetic predisposition at birth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's great to hear. Uh, Slim Slow, yeah, he says great pod tonight, guys. I just liked and subscribed cheers and thumbs up and thank you so much slim slow we do appreciate you subscribing to the show uh and liking the the content that we provide and with that being said guys that's going to do it for today's show i want to thank our very special guest my brother nando for coming on taking time out of his schedule to come on and giving us his perspective on what he sees in denver and what the current situation in detroit is like uh As always, guys, make sure you like and subscribe this content if you like what we are bringing to you. And we're going to try to continue, like I said at the beginning of the show, to try to find other great content like this to bring to you guys. uh, Because it's always great, you know, to get an idea or view 
uh, from a different side of the from the football field, I guess you could say. So uh, to our audio listeners, if you're listening to us after the fact, uh, make sure you, whether you're listening on Anchor, if you're on Anchor, to uh, if you want to be a supporter of the show, Rich and I would really appreciate it. Uh, if you're on Amazon or Google or wherever uh, you broadcast, please make sure to hit the like button and subscribe as well. Uh, Rich, anything to add before we say goodbye? No, I just wanted to thank Nana for coming on the show. I, I, I'm a huge fan of this concept. I, I do want to try and reach out and get other fans from other teams to come in to talk about their teams as well as their thoughts on the Broncos. The other thing is, uh, Nando, you were talking about the running back. Uh, that was Jamal Williams. That's yes. the guy that the Lions brought in from Green Bay. I didn't want to interrupt either of you talking, so that's that's the running back you guys were talking about. If anyone could please like and subscribe to the video, particularly on YouTube, that really, really does help us out. We really do want to bring in as many Broncos fans as we possibly can to the show. I did tweet out to a bunch of Lions fans, so if there are any of you here that happen to come in as a result of the shared tweets and tweet, uh, you know, with regards to what I sent out, I'd like to thank you all very much to come for coming to the show. And hey, if you like what we did, happy to have you here uh, on a, on a weekly basis every Tuesday for Broncos Talk. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, just to give my brother's podcast a plug, it's an audio version you can find on Anchor called The Lion's Roar. Uh, uh, it's actually The Giant uh, Giant Lion. Lion. Oh, I'm sorry. Giant Lion. I do apologize. It's The Giant Lion. So give it a listen, guys. He's going to start to revamp and record new episodes for you. So if you are listening to us after the fact, you know, go hit that like and subscribe on Anchor. That's uh, The Giant Lion. Give him a follow, comment, and support if you can. So with that being said, uh, thank you, Nando, for coming. Uh, Appreciate it. Thank you. uh, For Rich, my name is Adan Diaz. Uh, Oh, Twitter handles. Uh, You can follow us at A, the number 6, FT10Mexican. My co-host, Richie Richie, at R-I-C-H-I-R-I-C-H-E-H. Or you can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook at MHRT Podcast, all one word, for more Mile High Roundtable content so with that being said guys have a good night everybody we'll see you all next week good night, Go Broncos. thank you